So my philosophy in high school was always prepare them for the highest option if they're that they're able to do. So I tried to prepare my kids for college, even if I wasn't sure that's where they were going to end up, just because it kept that door open. I always felt like it was important to keep doors open. This podcast is brought to you by BJU Press Homeschool. Homeschooling is an exciting adventure we take with our children. One of the most challenging parts of this journey is choosing the curriculum you want to use. BJU Press Homeschool is a curriculum you can trust. All the books, resources, and videos have been designed with you and your child in mind. Their curriculum is educationally robust and rich, taking into account that children have different learning styles, strengths, and needs. Mom, you are in charge. BJU Press Homeschool is here to come alongside and support you. Do you need help with the teaching load, or is there a subject you just don't want to teach? Their amazing video courses are available for all grades and almost every subject. BJU Press Homeschool believes that homeschooling can produce a new generation of students who know God, love their neighbors, and stand firm in their faith. For more information, go to BJUPressHomeschool.com. That's BJUPressHomeschool.com. Hey everyone, welcome to the Zan Tyler podcast. I'm your host, Zan Tyler. This podcast is devoted to encouraging you in your homeschool journey through conversations with amazing homeschool leaders and advocates. I wanted to remind you to please subscribe or follow this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. That may be Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcast. Please leave a review and rating, especially on Apple Podcast. If this show has helped you on your homeschool journey, it really helps the podcast out and we sure do appreciate it. Also, we are now on YouTube, so if video is your style, please like and subscribe to the Zantyler Podcast on YouTube. And be sure to go to the website, zantyler.com. You can find all my social handles there for the show, like Facebook and Instagram. You can also send me a message. So now with all of that out of the way, let me introduce you to my guest. Today, I continue with part two of the two-part episode with Beth Martin on homeschooling in high school. If you missed part one, be sure to go back and listen to it. You don't want to miss the valuable information in this episode. Beth homeschooled her children through high school and has worked with hundreds of families to craft their own high school programs for their kids. Without further ado, here's Beth. So one of the things that I want us to talk about is now we've talked about different options. We've talked about going into um, the military from high school. We've talked about gap years. We've talked about um, starting their own businesses and going straight and then going straight into the workforce. Let's talk a little bit about how to prepare a kid for college, those kids that are college bound. So I guess the first thing we need to do, Beth, is find out what the core, I mean, what credits our state requires or what credits the college that our kids want to go to require. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so my philosophy in high school was always prepare them for the highest option if they're, that they're able to do. So I tried to prepare my kids for college, even if I wasn't sure that's where they were going to end up, just because it kept that door open. I always felt like it was important to keep doors open. Um, obviously that may not be the best fit for your child. And as soon as you realize that you can scale back a little bit, but typically if you look at whatever your state requires, and again, you may or may not have to follow exactly the credits that your state requires, but that's a good place to start. Like how many credits do they require? What courses do they require? 
but then start looking at the colleges around you. Usually the the state requirements are going to be the bare minimum, but the colleges may have a higher requirement of what you need. Like in South Carolina, three sciences are fine for a diploma, but if you're going to go to college, they need to be lab sciences. And so there's different things like that that you need to think about. Uh, I like to um, advise my families to pick a couple different college options and just kind of sample from the options that they think they might consider and get an idea of of what those types of credits are that are required. Um, you know, one thing you said that I think is so important um, might not work for every child, but we had a friend whose, whose kid kept saying, I don't want to go to college. I don't want to go to college. I don't want to go to college. So they scaled back on some of the courses she took in high school. And then when she graduated, she said, I think I've changed my mind. I want to go to college. Well, then to get into college, she had to take another lab science. There were a couple of other things. I mean, it took about her semester to do some prerequisites to be able to get into college. It wasn't unsurmountable, but if you can do that, if you think there might be a chance that your child is college bound, you may want to look into the the requirements, like you said. I mean, how many of us as a ninth grader knew what we were going to do with our lives and stuck with that? I mean, some do. But I think as parents, we have to see beyond that. And of course, if your child is is struggling and the courses are too hard and you need to scale back because of that, absolutely do it. But if the reason is just because they don't want to, I would say, well, you know, encourage them to press on that you want the best for them. You want to keep those doors open. So let's talk about just for a few minutes, options for classes that the parent doesn't want to teach or feel like they can't teach or they just need a break. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, when you and I were homeschooling and probably even more so, I mean, I was back in the day as well. Um, it, we didn't have a lot of options. I mean, I pretty much was the teacher on everything. Finds, yeah. Right. Unless I could find somebody to help me out. And I did occasionally do that. I was always amazed at the people that God put in my path, just like what happened with you. Um, but now we have so many options out there. We have, I mean, the curriculum options are great, just the the books themselves, but there's online classes that are self-paced that you can log in anytime and do. There's the synchronous ones, the ones where you have an actual teacher at a set time and every Tuesday and Thursday you log in and there's a class and it's a, a virtual class. There are um uh, video lessons that go along with textbooks. That's a great option because you still have the textbook that you can flip through and follow along with, but they present the videos. And then there's tons of co-ops. I'm, I have the opportunity right now to be working for one here in South Carolina um, that is just an amazing group where the parents are involved. They come in and volunteer and are a part of it. But the students come two days a week and take classes with teachers who are trained and uh, they get to to interact and have really all the best parts of schooling, but they're only there two days a week. So they get to spend the bulk of their time with their parents. And I just love that model where it's providing some help and support for the parents. The kids may not take all their classes there. They may just take a few, but it's almost preparing them for that next step if they do want to go to college of working with a teacher two days, but working on their own a couple other days. So there's tons of options out there. And that's that's just the beauty of homeschooling now. You don't have to be alone in it. You don't have to sit at home isolated. 
trying to do it all yourself. You know, um, I want to take a minute and thank our sponsor here, BJU Press Homeschool, and just acknowledge a couple of things. One is that BJU Press Homeschool offers amazing video courses. They are so well done. It takes the teacher about a year to make them. They come in anywhere from 10 to 25 minute segments, maybe 30 when you get up into the upper level courses like physics. And they um, you they have a hub where, that does your lesson planning for you, a, just a technology feature. And so it's really, really helpful. And that comes in almost every course in high school. And I, I have friends who have had to suddenly go back to work who have used this with their kids and have used mainly video courses in uh, home educating them, but they've been involved with them in the process. And then there are other people who may teach, who might use a video for physics or chemistry or English too, because they don't want to teach writing or just wherever you feel like your weakness is. So that's a real benefit. And then we also have the Academy of Home Education, which is uh, you can get an accredited diploma from. And so you can uh, go to the BJU Press a homeschool website and find out more about the Academy for Home Education and also these video courses. And uh, so I'm, I'm very thankful that BJU Press has made those options available. Yeah. They do a high quality job. You enabled me to tour their facilities, I guess it was a year or so ago. And that was just fascinating to watch all those teachers in the studio with their props and all the things that they were doing to make those lessons engaging and fun for the kids and just see the passion that those teachers had for the lessons they were teaching. It was amazing. Thank you. That was a, that's a, that's a great time when we have homeschool leaders together to do that. So mm-hmm. I'm glad you could come and thank you, Beth, for that. So there's one other option we need to talk about and that's dual enrollment. So would you explain what that is and what the benefits are and maybe what some of the disadvantages are? Yeah, so dual enrollment is when you're taking college-level courses, actual college courses, but you're taking them while in high school, and they're earning you high school credit as well. So that's where the dual part comes from. Um, A lot of colleges will allow allow students to start in the 11th grade. Some will allow them to start even sooner. And it's a great way for students to um, get their feet wet with a college class Um, on a very small scale. They get to ease into that college process. I mean, you know what it was like your freshman year when you go in and suddenly you're taking 15 or 16 credit hours and it's just all dumped on you at once. Well, this allows a student to take one class or two classes and um, and get that experience. Sometimes students, it's, it's an added motivation because they, it just builds their confidence to go into the college setting and take it. So there's definitely benefits there. Um, there's benefits with, um, in some states, it's a benefit with your GPA. It'll give you added weight on your GPA. Um, the biggest thing that would be, I think, a downside is you don't want to push your student to do it too soon because it, it is the start of their college transcript. So if they're not ready for it and they're unsuccessful, that could be discouraging for them and it could hurt them on their transcript. But I, I mean, for the most part, we've just watched homeschoolers just thrive. I mean, typically the ones I see, they're getting A's, maybe B's, but a lot of times they're just getting A's in those classes and just doing fantastic. You know, it's interesting too, because you have a, a wide array of options for the dual enrollment. Um, a lot of 
secular colleges and universities are offering dual enrollment classes now, not just junior colleges, but or technical colleges, but also four-year schools. So you have to check in your area to see what's available. The two-year colleges, technical colleges or community colleges, have a long-standing relationship with homeschoolers in terms of accepting their students into uh, dual enrollment. And a lot of kids graduate with an an associate arts degree, an AA degree, when they graduate with their high school diploma. And, you know, I'm encouraged to see, too, now so many faith-based colleges offering dual enrollment. I know that BJU has a dual enrollment in Columbia. Columbia International University does. And I know that there are many other Christian colleges around the country that do that as well. So if you're interested in that, you have all kinds of options and you can just do your homework. Oh, and there there are tons of virtual now dual enrollment programs where the kid never goes onto the campus. And the other thing people need to um, remember is that a lot of these faith-based schools, like you mentioned, um, Bob Jones and um, Columbia International, North Greenville, right here where I live, um, they're offering them for a very reduced price. I mean, what you pay for those dual enrollment classes is considerably less than what you pay once you go on campus as a freshman. So uh, don't just assume that if it's a private college that it will be expensive. Definitely look into the ones in your area. And in some states, I think I talked to a friend of mine in North Carolina, and the dual enrollment program was free for homeschooled kids uh, in community colleges. So if as a parent, just do a little bit of due diligence. And if you're interested in that, you, you know that you have a lot of options available to you in that regard. Um, okay, so let's talk about the ACT and the SAT for a minute, Beth. How can how important is that for homeschool kids? And now there's the CLT. And is it less important than it used to be, but still very important for homeschoolers because it's the, a very um, non-biased thing that a college admissions department, pers- admissions personnel sees? You tell us what you think about the SAT and ACT. Yeah. So we've with um, the last couple of years in COVID, definitely a lot of colleges have gone to test optional and looking at multiple measures, they'll look at the transcript, they'll look at the um, overall um, student activities resume of what they've done. They um, they may interview the student, but in general, they're looking at other things. Um, and, and some of the colleges really are accepting students using those multiple measures. So the SAT and ACT may not be critical. Um, I think it's it can be helpful for your student to take one of those tests or the CLT and see how they do. If they do well, then it's it's only going to help their transcript when they or help their um, application when they apply to college. Uh, but if they struggle with the test, if testing is not their thing, many colleges are still letting students in without it. The one caveat to that is there are some scholarships that are tied to the ACT and SAT. So you just need to keep that in mind, whether it's a state-sponsored scholarship or just individual scholarships, some may still require that test score. Yeah, and it's important, I think, if you have any inclination of where your child wants to go to college, to check and see what their policy is on the SAT and the ACT and if they take the CLT. I think the CLT is a... a tell, tell us what the CLT is, Beth. So it's the classic... 
Well, I may as well. I might too. So, um, it's a classic learning test. Um, it really helps a student who has had a classical education shine. So especially our CC students really do well on it. Um, a lot of homeschoolers do excel in it because it tends to play up their strengths. Um, they're very strong in reading a lot of literature and writing, and those things tend to come out and the, his- the history that they learn. Um, it, but it's also going to have a you're not going to have to worry about the student reading objectionable passages or having something that they philosophically disagree with come up in a question. So you're less likely to run into that. But it is typically accepted right now by more of your private colleges, especially faith-based colleges. But there are lists of colleges is growing every year. Um, so, but it is something, one of the things I will say as far as checking the college and what they require, what I hear from colleges is, they're taking the testing policy on a year-by-year basis. So if a college is test optional this year, that doesn't mean they'll be test optional next year. So you do have to continue to keep checking because I've heard of a few colleges saying that they're toying with going back to requiring it. Okay, that's interesting. Now, you know, most of us who have been in the college arena before understand that there there are important tests that are tied to the SAT and that the um and that is the national merit and the sem- national sem- national the, merit scholar yeah yeah our national so, merit scholar yeah thank you would you explain what that is and and tell us if hope school kids can qualify for that yeah they absolutely can it's a national merit scholar um it's a foundation that gives a scholarship every year it's a very elite scholarship you have to score pretty high they actually take um they, they look at the PSAT, which is given, um, actually can take it in several years in high school, but the only year that they look at for the National Merit Scholarship is the 11th grade year, the junior year PSAT. And that's usually, the PSAT is given in October, usually mid-October. Um, you can, most homeschoolers can go to their local public school or find a private school in their area that's giving it and sign up and take the test. So October of the junior year is really important. Now, if something happens that you're not able to, like you can't find a school to take it at and you don't take it at all in October, they do have an alternate entry that a lot of people don't know about, but there's a way to still apply for that scholarship based on your SAT score. But that only works if you were not able to take the PSAT. So you can't take the PSAT and then say, well, I'm going to try the SAT now. But um, we had, um, we've had some students who were not able to take the PSAT, couldn't find a school to do it, but submitted their SAT score and um, were named National Merit Scholars. So okay. it's definitely um, something that's open to homeschoolers. Um, all you have to do is take that test. Okay, so we are not, we could spend an hour talking, I mean, we could spend a day talking about financial aid that's available to homeschoolers, but basically, for those parents who have high school students now, just explain what FAFSA is and what needs to be done, mostly to just qualify for almost any scholarship out there. Yeah, Um, FAFSA is a federal... um, free application for federal student aid is I think what it's called, something like that. I always get those letters mixed up. But um, everybody, the colleges want everybody to fill out the FAFSA. Um, It opens in October of every year. And so like if you have a senior, 
you should have already back in October been filling it out. If you haven't filled it out for your senior already, do it as soon as possible. Um, if you have a senior next year in October, October 1st, when it opens, the reason it's important to fill it out right on October 1st is they, um, the money that's distributed from FAFSA, the, the needs-based aid, it's usually first come first serve at the colleges. And so if they run out, they run out. So the earlier you can get that submitted, the better. Um, and it, even if you don't think you will need the needs-based aid, many colleges still require that the FAFSA be completed as just part of their financial aid. If you want to receive any sort of financial aid, they're probably going to require that you take the FAFSA or fill out the FAFSA. Okay. So that's all important information. What now there, almost every state, I would think, Beth, correct me if I'm wrong, offers state scholarships to high schoolers. Some people will not take that out of conviction. In some, in some states, they don't offer the state scholarships to homeschool students. In South Carolina, we, um, we worked quite hard with the Commission on Higher Education and legislators to qualify homeschool students for the state scholarships, the life and the Palmetto. And so I would just encourage you, um, if you're looking for scholarship money, to check all the resources available. Check and see if you, your state has state scholarships available to homeschool students and what, the, what you have to do to qualify those. Um, and then, Beth, I know there are just a lot of, there are tons of scholarships out there that people can access. They just need to get creative in finding them. Yeah. I mean, the first thing to know is that when you fill out an application to a college, they're usually going to assess your application for their institutional scholarships. So they will already be checking for any scholarships that they offer. Um, however, it doesn't hurt to look at their website and see if they offer any others. Um, I found that several of the college websites in their financial aid page might also have a list of here's some other scholarships you want might want to apply for. I found that especially with some of the private, smaller private schools. Um, and you do just have to get creative. I heard a student, um, a college student once speak that she, the, the way she handles it is she tries to every day, even while she's in college, find another scholarship that she can apply for. And most of them she doesn't get. Um, you may get a $500 one here and think, well, that's not very much, but they start to add up. So you, it does take a lot of work and you just have to decide how much time to invest and how much you want to put into it. But look for at um, mom and dad, if they work for a bigger company, a lot of times they will offer scholarships to employees, children's. Um, look at... Um, Church, your church might offer a matching scholarship if you go to the church's, um, the same denomination college. There's lots of options out there. So you just have to dig and be creative, as you said. Okay. Um, so for just a minute, I want to talk about what our kids, because of the efficiency of homeschooling, like you were saying, being homeschooled doesn't take nearly the time that it takes to be in a classroom setting, even in the high school years. And so with that extra time, I, there, there are several ways kids can invest it, um, and that is through extracurricular activities like sports or band or uh, all types of things, uh, clubs like 4-H clubs and the National Homeschool Debate League that you were talking about in NCFCA. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. And, uh, and there's also another organization called Stow Up, 
And so there, there are several options like that. And those are really great investments, a great way for your, your student to invest their time. So their internships, as Beth mentioned, um, missions trips and working in the church, all kinds of service opportunities. And I just want to talk for a minute about some of the uh, service opportunities in the church and in the community, Beth, because that's become a big deal, um, even with colleges and employers looking at a kid's resume. What type of way have they given back to other people? What service opportunities have they been involved in? So can you just speak to that for a minute? Yeah, absolutely. I do think the colleges want to see the whole package. They want to see a student who is involved in other things. And we often would get questions from parents who say, well, my son or daughter isn't doing a lot. What do I do? And in, in some cases, they're looking for how can I build their resume to look better? And what I always encourage them to do is say, look first at how you can build your students, because that's the most important part. So what are his or her passions or interests? What are the things right around you, right outside your doorstep that you could look at and say, we have this opportunity. Maybe there's a neighbor that we can help by doing some yard work, or maybe there's a family in the church that's struggling that we could take some meals to. And I think it's important for us as parents to help our our students see these opportunities to look around them and look at the people right in their sphere of influence and see what impact that they can make it's not all about joining a club or being in an organization sometimes it's those small things and you can still account for those um, on a student activities resume on a, um, a college application you can still convey those but I think it's really important to make it relevant to our student. And in that, we're growing them as a, a person and as a citizen, as they just learn to serve the world around them. You know, it's interesting because there, I think some of the richest experiences my kids have had are with those things that wouldn't necessarily um, be programmatic. I mean, they did some things that were great in terms of internships, but I can remember John when he was young, found out about a single mom who had a son who had terminal cancer, a little boy who had terminal cancer. And so John would um, stay with this little boy one or two afternoons a week while just so the mom could get out and run errands or go to a Bible study or just have a little bit of time to themselves. And I'll just, I'll never forget sitting, you know, in his funeral and just watching my husband and John just weep over the loss of this child because John had been able to invest so much time in his life. And it was it was such a growing experience for him on so many different levels. And, uh, and Ty, Ty knew um, just through homeschool friends of ours, one of their sons had a, a, a young boy who was just, he was, I can't remember if it was muscular dystrophy or what, but he was wheelchair bound. And he also died young probably in his high school years. But Ty had a real opportunity to spend time with him. And what a blessing. I know it was a blessing to the boy, but it was such a huge blessing to Ty and teaches empathy and gratitude and all of those things that you mentioned. So you're right. Sometimes you just need to give your kids, you know, just pray that God will give them eyes to see the needs of people around them and how can they step into those needs. 
because parents will always ask me about leadership opportunities. And I really believe that the greatest leaders are servants first. And if they learn to serve others, then their heart for leadership is so different. It's just leadership should just be taking the initiative to meet other people's needs. Absolutely. Um, and whether whether that experience that John had looks good on a resume for a college or it doesn't really matter because that's right. it was that's right. impactful to him in his life and growing him. So that's the most important part. We're, we that's right. Care. Yes. And those were things that ne- Teen Pact being um, a, an, a legislative aide in the Senate, those those things all made the resume. But maybe some of the most precious things were things that didn't make the rest of the resume, but but you know, really prepares them for the kingdom of God in a lot of ways. So, all right, Beth, are, are there, is there anything we've missed? We haven't talked about missions trips. We haven't talked about church work, but those things are available. Is there anything as we close you would like to say to encourage that parent out there that may have been an eighth grader or their high school or asked to be brought home and they're scared to death of high school? What would you tell them? Yeah. It's okay to be scared, but don't let that um, intimidate you from taking that step. I I found homeschooling in high school to be just beautiful years, time where I get to spend with my kids. When you think about it, if you have a a ninth grader, you're looking at four years yet that you have to pour into their lives. And that's not a lot of time. That's going to go by in the blink of an eye. And you want to make the most of that time. You want to be able to talk to them um, and grow with them to have those conversations with him i know you are a big fan of conversing with people and your children and how important that is i've learned that from you and um you can't have that time if they're not with you and so those years can be beautiful years um there's lots of help out there you can get so take advantage of the help around you um and just trust god if he's leading you in this path then you can trust him and he will sustain you he will provide everything you need for that journey you know one thing i want to add as we close and that's just high school it doesn't i mean there's a core of subjects your kids need to take but each child may approach high school totally differently you know, I know that Lizzie was very interested in journalism. And so everything we did during her high school years had that in mind. She was able to intern at the Christian radio probe station in, in Columbia. And they had sophisticated software and hardware that she learned how to use, learned how to interview people. And she was very involved in the fine arts. All of that is the same skill set. And so she just spent, I mean, there were some, uh, there were some weeks she would spend 30 hours in the performing arts, the fine arts. And then the boys were really involved in soccer or yeah, soccer and sports and politics. So each of those things, um, high school is so rich in the homeschool environment because it really can be tailored to the interests and the future of the child. And you've done such a good job of expressing that. And uh, so Beth, thank you so much for being with us today. I hope you are all encouraged that you can homeschool in high school. Your child can flourish and have a really rich, rich life because of it. Yeah. So, Beth, if, and, you know, I know that you have worked for SCAGE. You now work for the Upstate Co-op. Um, where should people go to get information about homeschooling in high school? 
Well, definitely look to your state organization. Look to the HSLDA website. They have some great resources on there about homeschooling and high school. Um, and, and just reach out to the people around you, but go to some conferences. This is coming up this time of year is coming up on convention time. So look to see if there's a homeschool convention in your area. Um, there's are great opportunities to learn more and, um, yeah, it's, it's just a great, a great opportunity for those high school years. Well, thanks again. And, um, you just are such a blessing, Beth. Thank you. Thank you, Sam. Thanks. I enjoyed being here. Thank you so much for joining me today. I hope this was encouraging and inspiring for you. If you would like more information, you can find me at zantyler.com. Until next time, see you later.